live from, from Silver, Silver Spring. Spring. It's, it's Porch, Porch Night, Night Live. <laughs> they don't say live. <laughs> it's Porch Night Live with Sam Pascal, Kel Hansen, A.D. Bryant, John Goodman, and of course, Sam Pascal. All right, all right, all right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, let's take it down. Let's take Could it you down. Please stop playing. Please stop playing. Okay. Wouldn't that be great all if right. on SNL they, they, the host had to be like, stop. I'm d- stop playing. Excuse me, I'm doing a, a monologue. Stop playing, and they were like, we're not I'm doing a monologue here. <laughs> Uh, all right it's great to be here everyone um we have the wonderful band the the kps the the uh sweet kps the turkish delight (laughs) playing um we got a great show for you tonight (laughs) no it's it's my made-up 60s psychedelic band, like the bad 60s psychedelic band like like the peppermint what's that band they they have a song that goes like the peppermint Peppermint patties I i don't remember but it's just some like the turtles, it's Actually, like the a, it's like a bad vanilla fudge ripoff. Yes, pretty much. I oh, was okay. yelling so loud, and I turned the volume. I'm going to try to keep it level. <laughs> keep the gain Excellent. level. Live. <laughs> Why does it okay. have a halftime part? Does SNL have a halftime part? <laughs> it's so seamless, and you're not really paying attention, but it's much better. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> We gotta put like so much applause here. Ow! All right. Uh. Okay, so <laughs> welcome, welcome back to the show, everyone. Tonight we're gonna be talking about Tame Impala's. Uh, wait, I'm counting. One fifth, fifth full length release. Fifth full length release. We're uh, right sitting that. on my porch, socially distant. If you hear birds chirping and planes flying overhead, we're outside. It's real. It's raw. It's happening, and uh, you know that's the way it goes. But we're we're talking tame. You yep. look so forlorn just sitting. Like. I just haven't been outside in so long. Oh, true, true. It's nice. What's the What's the Tame Impala song about nature from like their my their, my my lover Mother Nature? Oh yeah, my lover Mother Nature. <laughs> Not it's, a great song. No, it's like a five out of ten. A solid me. five out of ten. Yeah. Like this album, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably better than five out of ten, but we'll this get record? to that. Yeah. This record, the. The Sands of Time, Tame Impala's <laughs> fifth full-length release. We both had trouble remembering what the actual name of this album is because every single title uh, of this of each song kind of fits in yeah. with the theme. So it's like, it really is it is. called Tomorrow's Dust? Is it called One More Year? But uh, no, it's called The Slow Rush. Well, I think that's one, one kind of thing you can say about the album is that the theme is very clear. It seems to be more about like time. And age than it does about babes. <laughs> yes? I don't know. I don't know. He's, right. He is still talking about babes. Well, oh, are people still Firework. throwing doing fireworks? Yeah. True. Uh, but uh, yeah, he. I think he talks about time and babes, which time are the two babes. main Tame Impala. <laughs> Tame Impala's fifth full-length release, Time, time and, and Babes. babes. <laughs> Instead of Time and Space, it's Time and Babes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I would have remembered that title better. At least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess. Um, so uh, before before we get into it, uh, I'm trying to start a new segment where we talk about uh, tunes that we've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's the segment called? Of Tame. 
I just, I put music of note, but I don't know if that's good. Music of note? We'll think of a title later. Let's we'll call it Time and now. Babes. That's Time the name and of Babes. The... Yeah, we could call it that. <laughs> we, we could also yeah, not. Time and Babes. <laughs> time it's okay. Bloody Um, Time and Babes. Uh, well, Kiel, you start. I feel like you had something on your mind. Uh, yeah, I had something on had my mind, idea. and that's, that's Max. <laughs> Max. Uh, Max Gowan released... Uh, Good friend Max Gowan released a, a new album, nine tracks. It's uh, thirty minutes. He releases like an album about once a year, really consistently, and the quality is very consistent. But this one might be his best. The production is just getting better and better. He's got like full orchestration on one song. I don't know if you got to that. He's How does got, he like, record them? Do you know if he if he's like a bedroom producer or like? It seems like he's a bedroom producer, but maybe he has access. Maybe he did it like at a American, at, at the music oh, facilities at American, which I honestly don't know what those are like. But um, he's got some nice. horns. He's got some strings. He's got a. Uh, he was a. Uh, he went to school at American University in D.C., so we got to play some shows together. But he's based out of, I want to say Durham, North Carolina. Uh, he's but he's a uh, he's he's there right now. I assume quarantining and releasing some dope stuff. If you're a fan Hell of yeah. uh, Deer Hunter or uh, Sandy, Sandrew, Alex Gandrew, um, or any Check sort of, uh, yeah. it's a it's a it's pretty it's a little more hi-fi than those guys. I would say. Remind me of like more more. Yeah, yeah. Is that a good comparison? Yeah, it's kind more of more more. Also check out more more. Check out more more. M O R M O R. I feel like I've been listening. I'm never not listening to more more a little bit i feel like what about you um goddamn honestly goddamn <laughs> i'm gonna plug someone who doesn't need a plug it's gonna be neat mr neil young because he released his like hundredth full length lp <laughs> called something with an h something like harvest or i'm sorry i have my computer right here Let the most just... neil the most neil young title thing you can imagine harvest well, well the album's interesting because um first of all it's good it's solid just like a solid like rock kind of folk rock blues neil young kind of album homegrown cool. it's called homegrown and i i think <laughs> very neil young. if if i recall correctly it was recorded recall, recall correctly <laughs> <laughs> if i rec- if i recall correctly recall. it was recorded in like the 70s in, like 1976 but it didn't get released until like two days ago oh that's cool yeah he has a couple albums like that apparently but this one's good if you if you're like if if you don't want to like challenge yourself with your music and you like neil young and and you like dylan and and the doobies i don't know who else just go check it out put it on it's really easy to listen and the songs are solid the doobs <laughs> the Thomas Middleditch's character on uh, Jake and Amir. Is he like a Doobie Brother fan? <laughs> I have no idea. I um, I always add stuff to my beach songs playlist. Let's see. I've got a Boogie Island by Shormy. That's a local artist who's uh, really cool. That was kind of a chill wave oh, yeah, sort maybe of I thing. Oh yeah, check out playlists. Uh, what else? I've been listening to uh, let's see what's not. Let's see. Uh, Yesay or broke up, but they before they did they released uh. Uh, an album in 2019. I've been listening to a single off that, Flutter, Fluttering in the Floodlights. It's like a fun dance pop song. It's a lot less experimental than their earlier stuff, but it's still got a sort of zesty quality. Oh, I do have a good plug. I have like a solid plug. And um, But yeah, if you're a fan of the album we're about to review, you should check out Ye Sayer's new album. You should just check out Ye Sayer. I feel like... I, I feel like in the 2020... People forgot about them a little more than they deserved, but uh, maybe that's why they broke up. 
I, yeah, maybe. Like, genuinely, yes, maybe. Well, I, I need to plug the album Pink by the Japanese shoegaze band Ray, R-A-Y. Oh, yeah. Was, caps. was that the band that was, like, had some, like, stutter step sort of cool Yeah, it was, shit? like, that's, like, the one song, but it's called uh, Butter... No, shit. Blue Monday. That's the one song on the album that's, like, it's, like, shoegaze, like, IDM or something. Yeah, it's, I was, like, it sounds track. like Coltar or the Deepers or something. But I should check those guys they out. They are a sweet goddamn band. Unfortunately, I, I can't find any live performance of... The, performances of them because i would love to see that but like oh my god the album is so good it's called pink and the cover is pink and again the band's called ray r-a-y listen cool. to it it's uh awesome. it's got spotify uh one last band that i've actually been listening to quite a bit is buke and gase um the 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 title is because they they have these sort of like um modified electric it's like a bass ukulele, so that's buke, and then gase is, I guess, a guitar and a bass. It's a very silly name, but like, it it's like really gnarly stuff. They they it's like these semi-acoustic instruments put through these like really intense sort of psychedelic effects, and they have um like the traditional sort of folky like stomping like tambourines and things, but those are also like bass boosted and stuff. So right. it's like it's like taking something that you would find at like a folk open mic, but like putting it through this like really sort of grimy, like um, uh, this like intense psychedelic filter, and the singer is really good. Um, what what what's their genre though? Like what sound do they get out of this? I don't know. It's it's like art rock maybe. I mean, I feel like maybe if you're a fan of like dirty projectors but uh, aren't a fan of Dave Longstrand's <laughs> crazy singing style, you would like this more because the singer, she's really good. I don't know. It's it's There's kind of some shoegaze stuff. There's sort of like some mathy hmm. stuff. It's just like, it's it's really sophisticated. It's like Deerhoof, kind of? Yes, okay. it is. It is like Deerhoof. That's how I would, that's a really apt comparison. Like in my mind, I was like, this sounds like, but it, it is like Deerhoof, but uh, with better singing. There you go. There you go. Um, but uh, yeah, should we get into? Yeah, I guess that's it for uh, time and what do we call it? Time and <laughs> we days. don't have to call it. All right, that. <laughs> let's get into Team Impala, the slow rush. <laughs> Ever heard of so, them? So <laughs> this was released a couple months ago. It's kind of interesting we're rec- uh, we're reviewing it because like the last Team Impala albums from like five five years ago. This one's you know super recent. Yeah, we've had uh, five years to meditate on the last one and more on the ones before. And then we've had like a few months, I'd say. Even though I'm going to be honest, when this album first came out, I wasn't that interested. I feel like I was past my sort of uh, check out Kevin Parker phase. And so I heard the I heard Borderline stuff and I wasn't like offended or anything, Mm -hmm. but I was. um, I don't know. I was just like, this is cool. He's on SNL playing, which I never thought would happen. Especially now that SNL, <laughs> which this show is, obviously, Porsche Night Live, I feel like SNL used to have, like, kind of whomever. Like, they would have, like, the Shins and, like, Queens of the Stone Age, who aren't, like, indie bands, but... <laughs> fuck, there's a plane flying. I can only imagine you can hear it super, super loud. It's probably not bad. It's probably just there somewhere. But, um, I, f- I feel like back in, like, the day you would get, like... St. Vincent, like Courtney Bar Bar Barnet, what's her name? Barnett. 
Courtney Barnett was on mm-hmm. SNL, which I can't even fucking imagine happening now. She's sort of a big deal, though. I, I know, but like her, she, unfortunately, she doesn't really like appeal to me. But she's pretty big. No, know? she's she's big in like indie circles. But like, think about who SNL Mainstream gets now. Movie. They get like people who you would hear on the radio right now, like, like no matter where. Like they get Travis Scott, which Kevin played with Travis on SNL. Like, and uh, then they get a uh, Troy Sivan. They get um. Billie Eilish Billie Eilish They get like people who you hear on the radio very frequently Like if you put on Courtney Barnett for uh, Some fucking teeny bopper They'd be like turn this shit off She's she's only talking She's not even singing Do they do they get Dorian Electra? No um, No, no. <laughs> I'm They get like I don't know what happened But they got more mainstream with their music taste And I don't really know why I mean, back in the day, like, remember, like, just, like, punk bands would go on SNL? They had, like, the replacements on SNL, and they were, like, shit-faced, and I guess Lauren Michaels was, like, never again. Yeah, a lot of wild shit on SNL. Yeah. Like, Elvis Costello getting banned for playing a song about the radio. About the radio? <laughs> He's played the song Radio Radio, which is about, like, radio censorship and, you know, like, all the big wigs <laughs> controlling the controlling the, the media. And, and Lauren Michaels Lauren, was like, no way. Yeah. He <laughs> was like, I'll Christ. show you that of I'll which you're talking you. about. <laughs> I know, like, Christ. I mean, I, I hope that they get back to playing at least, like, semi-indie artists. Like, the most indie artists I can think of at this point was, like, DaBaby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, they have DaBaby? Okay. <laughs> DaBaby with the fucking Jabberwocky. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that fucking weird? I I'm it's I can't even imagine that. I felt like it was it was a, a lucid dream from two thousand nine. Well I mean Tame and Paul is huge, so it makes sense they had him on. Yeah. They're too big. They're too mainstream now. They're too big for they're mm-hmm. bigger than Jesus. Yeah, they're bigger bigger than the beast. My name's Kevin and we're bigger than Jesus. Um so yeah, the one thing that I I'll say about the sound, one of my personal reactions to this uh this album so back when I first uh, heard Tame Impala I was already sort of into the record label Modular People mm-hmm. or I guess it's called Modular Records and I think Modular People's some sort of thing like but change. Okay. It, I remember back in high school I like was into the sort of really glossy electro pop <laughs> there's like maybe zero people watching at this but we have wait, Instagram wait, wait. live on oh wave back after they've after they've left but um I was into like Vanshee and Cut Copy and Bag Raiders and all these people who are like sort of glossy electro pop and they're all on modular. And then I heard Tame Impala and it was like really kind of grimy sounding psych. But now this album, if if they had released it at the time, I would be like, oh yeah, this is just kind of like the rest of the stuff. You know, it's like more sort of like chill wave-esque sort of tens electro pop stuff like they kind of came full circle <laughs> or yeah, they're behind by 10 years am i right what label are they on now like warner brothers no or it's still a modular oh it's still a modular but but it, I, I think modular is owned by like universal we yeah, have sure whatever yeah. yeah island it's a island that owns them i think oh it's island records australia but i think that's owned by universal okay yeah like, i mean island on its own sure. is pretty big but what uh is? island okay ice is island but uh, what else? What else? You got? I, any, I didn't look too much into like the history of this. I, I'm just kind of bored of the whole Kevin Parker records things at his home. But, <laughs> like he recorded at his home, sure. 
Come cool. on, dude. We he all can do that. All now. the equipment he needs to make you it sound good. Fucking weird. Not that he isn't fucking also talented. Music. Yeah. No. But yeah, and I, honestly, this, is, this th- is like post, uh, post superstardom. I mean, he's a star now, but this yeah. is like post uh, glow up Kevin Parker. Yeah. He's collaborated, you know, with Lady Gaga and like what Perfect Illusion and Travis maybe the Scott. the other stuff on that album. He's Travis Scott. I feel like I should have looked that up. All the stuff. And Kanye. Is. I don't know what he collaborated with on Kanye, but really. He said he worked with Kanye. There's like some interview with him. He's a he's a regular Dave Longstrength. Did Dave Longstrength collaborate on with Kanye? Yeah, he he co-wrote four or five seconds. Isn't that crazy? Uh, with Paul McCartney. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> which like, if if I had to guess which part he uh, co-wrote, I would guess it's the one where he's like, "If I'm in jail, pay the bail" or whatever whatever it is, because mm-hmm. that sounds like some Dave Longstrength. Longstrength. That's a that's a kooky. You, you know he has another character. band called Mountain Dude, which is like a Grateful Dead sounding band. If you don't like Dirty Projectors, but you do like Grateful Dead, you'll probably like Mountain Dude. It I'm, just sounds exactly like Grateful Dead, so it's like fine. <laughs> I can believe that he's a real like noodly guitar sort of guy, so I can imagine him having some sort of. I can imagine Kevin almost having something like, like that. a side project. Yeah, it's like a, a very side. it's pretty like obscure. Like I don't think they've hit, even hit like six digits on Spotify yet. Are they are they current? Yeah, are they yeah. current? Um, the album, Mountain Dude. Does oh, he go fucker. like? Oh, Mountain, oh. I'm sorry, Mountain Bruise. I'm sorry, Mountain. Oh, no, their top song is like 134,000. Uh, no, they. I mean, they put out an album this year. They put an al- album or an EP last year. Okay, they're pretty happening. I'm sure they don't put like a ton of effort into it. It's. I think it's just for fun. Like you said, he's a noodly guy. He just wants to play some like guitar. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Um. <laughs> You, you know that uh, Zach Hill side project and the al- album covers just Amber Kaufman from Dirty Projectors eating a eating a sloppy Joe. What project is it? Solo? Zach Hill solo? No, or? it's Zach. You know how Zach Hill has a a government issue side project with every human on Earth. <laughs> it's just like I what he not. does. It's like okay, so you're gonna be with the Terra Malos guy, and then you're gonna mm-hmm. be with this guy, then Hell you're gonna yeah. be with uh, Nick Reinhardt. You're gonna be with Reinhardt. You're gonna be with I guess Amber Bygones. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, not even famous, but, like, it's Amber eating a sloppy joe. <laughs> you gotta be on album mode. Al- album cover mode on Spotify. That's how you see all the beautiful artwork. Oh, how do you do that? Uh, we can, that, we can get into cover. that later, maybe. Okay, but... Wait, see... Oh, yeah, we'll get into it later, whatever. It's very easy. Um, Yeah, okay, back to the slow rush. Kevin Dude. I just didn't, like, look in that it, too much into the production, because I can... I feel like I can just kind of hear what's going on. Yeah. Like, it seems like it's... He tried to make it seem less clean than uh, Currents, and he also put a lot really? more real instruments on it. Like, there's more guitar, the drums are more real, you know? It's more... Okay. Excuse me, more hmm. live drums. I feel like it's a little... synths. I feel like it's a little less grimy than um, than Currents. And less it, grimy? How? I feel like Currents, uh, Currents is, like, purposefully grimy with, like, some of the bass lines and some of the synth lines where you just, like... Like oh, it's very it's, I see okay it's like quote unquote spotless but then like for songs like Past Life yeah. there's nothing as gnarly sounding as Past Life on this album. It's yeah, pretty okay. it's pretty smooth sailing. But I, I do think there's like more crunch in the production. It sounds more like it sounds like more he more like he's trying to emulate like a vintage recording sound. Okay. It's kind of funny cuz I don't really know any like vintage recordings that actually like sound like that. <laughs> but I think it's sort of a weird See folks, this is psychological This thing. is the album where Kevin Parker proves himself as a guy who really likes dance music, he really likes dance music, guys. He likes he, uh, dance. He likes he likes house. 
He likes a '90s '90s dance. Okay. Techno. He likes a hip hop. Acid house. He likes acid house. He's listening to that. Uh, he's listening to Andy Jenkinson. You know it. He's part of the CFAX Acid Crew now. There's no turning back. <laughs> he's he's going to start wearing like really shitty like aviators and like all Adidas and stuff and like awesome awesome sweaters or whatever. His album covers are going to be him standing on like a computer keyboard like psychedelic. <laughs> yeah, like surfing that. surfing through like an analog C. I'd be okay a, with that. Yeah. It'd be nice if that aesthetic went mainstream. <laughs> yeah, right now it's a uh, so should we just get into it or should we talk about the the reception to it reception i guess i i didn't like look into the reception i kind of just followed it like on reddit and other social media like people just liked it i don't know maybe it's because i was looking at reviews by Did they think it was look cringe do they think it was what look cringe no i don't know i didn't see anybody <laughs> use that uh pitchfork gave it an eight q gave it a four out of five it's the same as an eight <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Um, Enemy gave it uh, a 4 out of 5 or an 8. Uh, Independent gave mm. it the equivalent of an 8. The Guardian gave it an uh, equivalent of an 8. Daily C- Telegraph gave it an equivalent. So, yeah, people Telegraph. thought it was pretty good. Thought it was, you know. I think it's pretty good, but I also bet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's try it. So, uh, I'll, just, I'll just jump back in, I guess. Yeah, um, go for it. So, yeah, it's basically everyone was giving it a pretty good score, like an 8 out of 10 overall. It's too high. (laughs) (laughs) It's too high. What do you think it should have been? (laughs) 7.8. 7.8? That's pretty close. (laughs) Not close enough. If if Metacritic doesn't give it the 7.8, if they give it a 7.7 or a 7.9, I'm going to lose my fuck. I don't know what algorithm they're they're using to put the album through that generates a perfect 8. I think they need to check their coding or whatever the... Damn, you know how uh, Fiona Fiona Apple has, like, the highest rated Metacritic album? The new album? Yeah. Like, Pitchfork gave it a 10 and a bunch of other people gave it a perfect score. Yeah. It's the new, uh, but Fantano gave it a seven. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't. Know. I mean, yeah, he gave it, it a good. seven ba- based on a. I guess we don't have to talk about it. Just song structure and stuff. I, I haven't it heard was good, but I, I thought it was derivative of a, um, of an album that came out three years ago called Petite Afrique. Yeah. I don't remember who it's by, but I, it I might is just a, look that up right now. It is a black artist, and I forget her name. Really. It's so very good. What about it? Is it like sort of the percussive? Yes, uh, percussive, uh, very singer songwriter, but the instrumentation is almost like oh, Aloe Black. Hmm. And so uh, no, 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 um, no, no. Uh, Petite Afrique, much by... much lesser known than Aloe Black. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's it. That, go, go back, go, go, yeah. go back. That's not it. The that's one not... on the one to the right there. It's not Aloe Black and Somi. No, uh, Somi. Yeah, it's Somi. Yeah. Is she like super famous? And I'm just missing it. I know. Al- I've definitely heard of Aloe Black. I haven't heard of Somi. So but, me, uh, it's, yes, it's so me. It's very good. You should check it out. That is another album I would like. to So plug. another, uh, another uh, music of note. Petite Afrique. All right. So uh, our uh, the my Scarlet eighteen i eight fucking timed out for about what feels like an hour. But uh, <laughs> I that being said, I think we should just get into the get into the tunes. Yeah. Um. So this track opens with, and okay, 
Okay, this so album is with one more year. Yeah, I think this album is a little bit of a concept album, sort of. It's thematically conceptual, I would I would say for sure more so but, than than his other stuff for sure. But it almost opens up like chronologically, like the the track "One More Year" starts mm-hmm. off with like a, a fade in almost, you know. And other stuff sort of fades in. Doesn't the, the drums fade in? Don't they? Yeah, I think so. But it's almost like something that's been continuously playing somewhere in the universe, and then some microphones have captured it, and that's. That's cool. That's cool. Not as not as um, like big as that, but you know what I mean. uh, I like how it sort of starts with what feels like you're in like a psychedelic church, like it's sort of like a hymn music, and then um, where it's like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's when when I hear it, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like that. That's that's with the with the like sort of really perfect sounding vocoder, yeah, and it's got that sort of a chopped up feeling, especially as the song. The song goes on. Yeah, this song has. I like, wonder if those pilots agree. Those pilots on the plane. This song has got like these kind of like long, or what do you like legato kind of parts? But then like later in the later in the tune, the bass gets like heavier. And it gets really nice, like with the oh man. I like how I like this track um, a lot. The chord prog- it has the sort of polyrhythmic chord progression, or it's like uh 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 uh. But it's like sort of it's um hmm. it's sort of insidious because it's it's not most of the most of the time when if it's staccato or if it's like really percussive over a dance beat you can tell that it's like a polyrhythmic thing like um if you listen to like the song special by by Mew you can you can tell or or any song by Dead Mouse but because the the it's really legato sounding with the with the vocals the one more year. You, it's not something that immediate immediately hits you, but it gives you this sort of. I feel. Do you mean it's polyrhythmic like a, or syncopated? Because I mean it's syncopated, it is, but it it's but it's beat? but it's no, it's not it's not on oh, beat because it's like okay okay one more year. Uh, 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 mm. Yeah. Wow. So it's uh see it's yeah, it's I did not pick that up. It's at all. that insidious. De- devi- very devious. He's he's a he's a sneaky little boy. Yeah, you little sneaky, sneaky little, little boy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's one thing that I I didn't uh, hear the first few lessons, and then I was like, oh, that's nice. But um, I mean, it, it, that's it, our show. It yeah. starts it starts off like super disco-y. not super disco. Yeah, but it also disco-y. sort of has a, a lazy quality where you, like you're not really sure when the vocals are gonna come mm. in. Each thing is just sort of coming in, and it feels like it's sort of taking its well, it starts with vocals, time, it? if you will. I mean, technically, it thing. starts with vocals, but it's like a it's like an atmospheric element, like a chordal atmospheric element. What do you think he recorded to get the vocoder sound? Was it him just going like, oh? I mean, you know what he's saying, right? Oh, he's saying something. He's saying one more year. I totally missed that. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you idiot! You fool! Maybe I didn't listen to this album at all. You're yeah, fired. I, was... I think. Um, I thought it was just him moaning. No, because when you hear it, it's just like, oh, <laughs> oh, but he's saying, I remember at the very end, I was like, is he saying one more year? And he is one more word painting. Year. Yeah. Word painting. I watched the I video argue. by David. It's not by David Dean fucking Burkhart. It's by David, David someone else who, uh, who's talking about word painting. And I was like, oh yeah. What a what an obvious thing that uh, we didn't know the yeah, word for a, for that like was really annoying. <laughs> Did you catch that I edited it in word painting? Over, yeah, over the last episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking a mango lassie. 
um, Lassie. Highly recommend if you haven't had one. It's my yeah. first time. Uh, so the yeah, it's a very sort of disco house. Um, it's a little it's a little melancholy sounding, but it's also just kind of very blissful. Um, I like how the vocals, the the rhythmic pattern, and sort of how close he is to the mic. It gives it it's it's very unusual for Tame Impala, where it's just like single track, and he's sort of singing in this like conversational rhythm, where he's like da 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 da, like it's. Most most of the time, ambling. I f- oh, ambling. It's a it's a little ambling, yeah. And I feel like that doesn't you don't hear that super often in in Tame and Paula tracks. Yeah, I don't think so either. And it 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 gives it a sort of intimate quality. Yeah. That um that's really nice. Uh, but yeah, I like I like it. It's um. I think it's one of the better songs on the record overall. Yeah. I'm a fan. I, I I feel very uncomfortable when he says loop de loop. Loop de loop. Scoop de poop. Scoop de poop. Yeah, loop de loop's a funny phrase to choose. Yeah, and it's like it's like he's singing. <laughs> it's like a very. It's not super serious, but like he's talking about like time passing by, and he's like, and I feel like we're caught in the loop de loop. <laughs> like it's not a fucking wiggle song. <laughs> I'm just saying it so softly. It's, it's in the in the loop to loop. <laughs> Zero out of ten. Zero out of this ten. This album fucking yeah. sucks. All right, let's move on from this shit stain. Uh oh wait, but uh, oh. thematically he's okay. uh, you know, talking about a uh, fear of uh getting cotton habits maybe that he's uh that he doesn't need or that he's sort of ashamed of and he'd like to sort of be able to live a better life maybe like, like doing mushrooms and cocaine and listening to uh, <laughs> listening to the fucking Bee Gees be, be, yeah uh, <laughs> but uh but there's also that sort of knowing thing where he's like you know we'll just do it for one more year and then we'll be good which uh I don't know if that's a, such sounds, a good way of going about doing so, it sounds like addictive also a whole year <laughs> one more year of listening to the fucking Bee Gees and doing coke I don't think so Kevin I don't think so sweet KP he's on a loop-de-loop a looper loop-de-loop Looper's fucking weird movie. Instant Destiny. I don't really like this song. Me neither. I'm about to do something. Wait, is lose it is it the song? I'm about to do something yeah. crazy. I'm about to do okay, I'm not something it. crazy. Joe, I, I saw Joe yesterday since it was Father's Day, and he said <laughs> Joe it was his, is your father. <laughs> Joe, Joe's my brother. Audience, sweet JP. But he's a very big Tame Impala fan. He even went to bloody old London to see Tame Impala. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. When he you was see him at O two. Yes. Oh, oh fucking a. That's cool. Maybe not. Maybe might have been like Wembley. Well, that's fucking cool I know. too. Damn. I, I forget, but it was some big ass like stadium. But he was doing a backpacky thing around Europe mm-hmm. and was in bloody old London at the same time as Tame Impala. He's a very big fan, and he saw him there. But he said Instant Destiny was his favorite song. I'm about to. I and can for see the record, that... my my brother's also a very big Super Tramp fan. And this does have sort of... I mean, this yes. whole album has a super tramp electric Absolutely. piano. Absolutely. Where uh, it's less crying in the club and more crying in the club while super tramp's playing. Yeah, this uh, song definitely isn't my favorite. I don't think it's the... I don't really think it's the worst on the record. Um, it's it's kind of lower, though, for me. Um, I do think... I was reading the lyrics, and some of the lyrics were, like, fine. They 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 remind me a lot of, like like almost like like trap kind of pop lyrics like something travis scott would write or something <laughs> also the way they're like delivered he's getting like the married phrasing. in the club 
the just like the like the rhythm i don't something I can about sort it sort of see how like um if travis scott put like that sort of like distortion and auto-tune mm-hmm. on his voice how do something crazy would like automatically sort of be his thing but but generally and that it, never really that, that never really co- connected until now it, it well it reminds me of something of like like that genre too like i feel like a lot of like pop or it's like, like kind spur of, of the moment like sort of like is singing about what feels like a shotgun but like I, I feel like i'm about to is a phrase that is used in a lot of songs <laughs> i'm about day. to do I'm something crazy yeah. Cool. yeah pretty much and, yeah. and then, then towards the end when it kind of has a sort of outro section i think yeah he has one verse that goes <laughs> let's drink this magic potion of love and devotion yeah, I, and let's see how it goes Did i you wrote see that, that too? i wrote that down because <laughs> i fucking hate that line yeah, I know. <laughs> what a stupid fucking line what are you a fifth grader come up with better prose dude he probably could have just removed that part from the song in general and it would have been fine I, at this point in the podcast i've heard a lot of tame and paula i've been listening to quite a bit for this podcast and i i feel like before i was on wit's end with his prose but now mm. i'm like now i'm beyond <laughs> where he says drink a potion for devotion for put the po- potion drink the, the drink this magic potion of love and devotion <sighs> you're fucking 30 32- eight or whatever the fuck yeah he's it's bad that's get it together my like, guy that is like something a 14 year old would write right no offense right come on actually offense kind of offense yeah come on you can do better i think kevin I sorry unless it's like about something serious who knows i don't know i mean it seems really like care. the song is about like <laughs> he's like it's like a shotgun wedding where he's like, I'm in love with you. You know, let's go to fucking Vegas and get married right now. Right now. Right now. And uh I'm so she I'm sure she's like, uh, Kevin, let's let's think about this a little more. And he's like, No, drink this potion for devotion. Love Ooh, I don't like that. Love right. emotion. Oh yeah, you put it in that context, it's like, what's in the potion? Yeah, no no no. Uh oh. Um damn, I don't know what else stands out to me about the song. It Nothing like memorable. Me of like a hi fi only go but ba- only go backwards. Not as good, but you know. Okay, okay. It's got like the same kind of groove, I guess. Same similar kind of tempo, uh, similar, um, similar falsetto mm-hmm. crooning, similar, yeah. uh, similar simping. He's definitely simping. There's the arps, arpeggios, but generally not as good. And the ending is kind of weak. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike uh, only go backwards. So one of the hit songs, border, borderline. Borderline. I do like the song. I feel like. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, Joe told me he doesn't like this song, so maybe he just has bad taste. But uh, <laughs> I like this song; it's cool. It's got a um, um, Ironside kind of reference in it. The 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 uh, the like uh, the horn, the like siren kind of sound, the alarm, like the Quincy Josen song from from. No, uh, that's not in this. That's in um. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Da, da, da. Okay, it's you're right. In, what is that in? That's on shit. Because I, I put Fuck. Tarantino thing because I was being an idiot because I can't actually remember what it... That's what on... It Might Be Time. Yeah. Da, the Super Trampy one. Wah, yeah, okay. Wah. Okay, well, I'll save that note for the, the, the for that track then. Damn it, Sam. They had a, they this had song, a whole song exploder on there. Wait, so, on. Th- so this actually... Now, now that I know what song we're talking about, this is the track that he released twice. Sort of. Mean? Two different versions. So he okay. released the single version um, that had some issue with the bass. I forget exactly what. I can't remember if he, maybe he use an analog synth bass instead of a live bass or vice versa yeah or some way the bass was mixed but whatever it was he didn't like it and he also um 
shortened the song a little on the album version. So the single version is different. And hmm. I forgot to compare the two, but uh, maybe a little note to compare the two hmm. in the pod. Update? Uh, both we versions are trash. No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, you're not, I, I, are you not a fan? No, I like it. I like the chord yeah. progression. I like the, the texture of the pianos. I like... Um, I think the bass line's tight. Uh, yeah. It's kind of grooving. Yeah, it's got that sort of... Uh, bow, bow, bow. That like, very like obnoxious synth tone. Yeah. That, like your FL studio. It gets of. pretty heavy, too. Like the bass. like It gets really like blown out parts. Yeah. Especially towards the end. There's this issue that comes up with in this song <laughs> that uh, I feel like comes up throughout this album where he'll like sort of go on these rants that are just sort of these these vocal rants that are just sort of like three note little ditties that he kind of an example it's like pop writing it's all right with me just like pop writing you know do you think he does it too much yeah i mean Maybe because I'm so enlightened and I'm so big brain, I don't yeah. even listen to pop one time. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, no, it it's is understandable. Very, like, it's understandable. It, it does feel a little bit like um, he's compressing it for pop appeal, and like yeah, I'm sure he is. Yeah, and I mean, I I could appreciate that in in some regards, but uh, I mean, you know, Pulp logic just in case. Yeah. Okay. okay. Good to go. Good cool. to go. But uh, you know, I it's. It can it can be kind of frustrating to hear a a, a quote unquote uh, ex indie artist doing that yeah. unless it's done like super well because I mean I I love pop music but um I don't know sometimes I feel like when he's doing it and it's sort of like a little falsetto voice over and over this sort of like multi tracked glossy falsetto mm-hmm. voice I'm like uh, shut up <laughs> stop <laughs> I I am assuming this is like one of the radio hits from the album yeah that's you know? I mean it feels like he's really trying for that and I'm sure I've ha- I've heard this in a retail store already maybe <laughs> I didn't notice but here in a keep on line in the keep on line uh I don't like the line R.I.P. here comes the sun wow Ugh corny what's the context of that but i mean i don't know the verses i mean it seems i can't remember the the context is probably like you know he's uh starting to come down from that high that he's on within the song and he's like oh uh uh-oh i'm in trouble and like he says r.i.p like r.i.p like Rest it's a in fucking peace for those like, that don't know. Like you said, it's like he's saying LOL or something like OMG, <laughs> RIP, LMFAO. And then he fucking quotes the Beatles. Get it? Here oh, comes the sun. He finally listened to Here Comes like the, the Sun. Fucking, <laughs> in like 2019. <laughs> he was like, it's pretty good. I'm going to put it in wow, a fucking... Wow, this is a good song. <laughs> don't quote the Beatles unless you're Frank Ocean. That's what I say. What's Frank Ocean's Beatles quote? I don't know. He, he, he has that one song. I think it's in White Ferrari. I think it's in White Ferrari where he quotes some Beatles song. Yeah. He sings uh, Rocky was... Raccoon in the middle of, <laughs> in the middle of Blonde. <laughs> he sings the entirety of Rocky Raccoon. Fucked okay. up, but I true. I love Rocky, though. I love that song. Yo, Rocky do be hidden, though. Dude, I yeah, I, I agree with you about the piano sound. I, I like a lot of, like, I feel like I, like I like a lot of production elements about this, maybe more than the music itself, you know? Yeah. I mean, I do like the rhythm, the bum, 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 bum. Yeah. I mean, it is very much like Bee Gees on mushrooms and cocaine or <laughs> whatever a, it is he was talking about in 2015. Great, great tempo for the song. Yeah. He likes uh, dance music. He oh, sure I does. also like those weird, like, 
It almost sounds like one tricks, those like synth flutes that are like... Yeah. That's nice. That's cool, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Should we get a posthumous forgiveness? Yes. May, may I start with something very controversial to say? Yeah, I know. It's my I least favorite I, song on this record. Yeah. People love it, though. Mm-hmm. People fucking love it. Yeah. Go to, like, yeah, go to like, the Tame Apollo Reddit or... Yeah? I know he released it like bef- mm. pre... I don't know if it was a single, but it was before the album came out. I heard this song, and I was like, "Maybe elite." I don't know. No, no, no. It was on the. He played it live, or it was just on the YouTube channel. Maybe he sure, didn't release okay. it as a single, but he was like, "Here you go." Okay. But uh, go on, this. continue forth. Uh, yeah, it's forth wanderings. It's um, I think the I think the second half of the song that sort of like weird second drinking like my half, mango last it's like half one song half another but i like the second half better i think the first oh. half is so goddamn slow mm. i hate the like annoying guitar riff on it i the I'm, one that sounds like gallows pole by iron maiden how would be thy name oh fuck it's how would be, be, be thy name and he sings it does sound like that i was trying pole? to figure out what it sounded like but it's so annoying and yeah. for the record i do love how would be thy name by iron maiden and they're both about death in some but way the, this one like, oh yeah true i know i know, I know the song's about his father and it, it's kind of like a weird throwback for me to um lonerism when i was like the sun's coming up is fine it's good and then like i think you and rex like didn't really like got it. it i mean i i yeah it is it is sort of a reversal where i did like but I like the first half of Suns Coming Up and the sort of formless uh, noodling, okay. which I th- I think uh, you were talking about how it sort of has like sort of um, thematic um, depth, which I yeah. appreciate, but um, I feel like it didn't really fit on the album. But now we're... Now the tables have turned. Yeah, I, I suppose so. Honestly, the first part is just... It's so... It's, Especially because it's like I, like, I, I like the first part more than the second part, for sure, in my opinion. But, uh, what about that? On. What about that synth part in the middle? It's just <sighs> Which it's part? just synth, and it's like one synth line, and it's wait, I'll, I'll like play it on my computer, um, because I you just have to hear it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> this part. <laughs> okay, listening to it now, I understand why it's so you grating. Think it's silly. It's very grating, and it's. I think it kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Please edit this in. <laughs> it's like there. I, there. Mike's picking it up. <laughs> and that. It just keeps going. I mean, in some ways, it's like let it happen where it's like boom, ba dum, ba dum, ba dum. He really likes the stutter step on this one. On this album. He likes he's like, he likes the, uh, the skipping CD. But it's going on forever, and it's this annoying synth melody. And then, this part. I like this so much better. I wish he had made posthumous forgiveness just this last part. Uh, I don't know. You don't like it? Because that's what I was talking about earlier, where he's just like, I was in a bar, gonna go with the bar. I mean, that it's pop. It's going on. It's modern pop delivery. Give it all, isn't it? I know, but I don't need that. And like, I I like, I like the first half a little more because I am, and I even like the weird sort of, like strangely warped synth part I think it's kind of bombastic and kind of um it's theatrical you know I think it's kind of fun is this song supposed to be I don't mean this like uh in like a bad way it's supposed to be like angsty I mean like angst in a very kind of like real emotional sense I think that the first half I actually wrote about this I feel like the first half is sort of angst at his father um 
sort of hiding secrets and hiding um just kind of not being there you know like sort of ditching ditching him and i think his his it, siblings if, i think oh is that really something that happened to him because in the second half where he's talking about like you had another lover and you like left us alone and i wish i you, you, it was like a metaphor lyrics? for like work or something but it but. seems like his father like kind of like had like a, a whole like separate life that he was leading that he should have sort of let his I, I children guess. in I don't wanna on. Like, I don't want to like speculate into something that Yeah, personal, I mean, I'm not, I'm not making any like personal judgments on someone who I don't know and especially based on these lyrics. I can look it up real quick though because... Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I think I have a few more notes. If the wife, um, oh, no. Works. I've said everything I wanted to, I think, about my dislikes. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... Uh, <sighs> I, and let again, look at if my you, phone. My laptop is not... Is your phone or is your laptop okay? My, I mean, the Wi-Fi here is just not great. But that's fair. Uh, yeah, I can um, keep it on Logic to make sure it's still going. I, I just know if you go on Reddit or Twitter, people love posthumous forgiveness. Um, I mean, I think the first Sean, half, Sean, yeah, in Sean. Space Phase. I was talking about it with him, yeah. and he was like, "Just keep listening to it. It'll it'll grow on you." <laughs> I've tried. It is only grating to me. I mean, I, I'm that's sorry. fine. I yeah. mean, I, I kind of, I feel like the first half is kind of cool because it's like a psychedelic funeral dirge. <laughs> I mean, that's how I would describe it. It's not my favorite. This album isn't my favorite, but this song, I, I get that sort of appeal. And I feel like it's kind of like a sort of more glossy Pink Floyd. Like it's sort of that sort of like ballad sort of feeling. All right. You okay, know, okay. and it's sort of wistful, which is not. I hear which that. Is, I just can't think of a Pink Floyd song. That's as annoying. I'm sure it's out keep, there. Keep listening sure to Pink Floyd. Yeah, and you'll, I know. You'll I get there. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's, he's saying, like, do you think I'd never know, never wise up as I grow? And then he's like, um, uh, he says, and you could store an ocean in the holes in any of the explanations that you gave. Uh, you were running for cover, hmm. falling out with a lover. Hmm. You didn't know that I suffered. What a thing to discover. Um, there's another one that let me find it. It's like really specific where it's like um Those are pretty real lyrics though. Yeah, I think, no, that's what I'm saying. Okay, I'll I'll give one one sort of compliment about it's it. It's like everything that I have wouldn't need this for long and never speak of the time that you left us alone, me and Steve on our own. Steve Parker? I think Steve's probably yeah, I guess his Steve. brother or something like that. I but d- it I seems d- like mm-hmm. you know, it's it's about like his his father sort of abandoning him and uh his 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 family and never really apologize he's he basically says that like you took you never apologized and now you mm-hmm. like never you basically took that to the grave and i i wish i wish that you had and i wish i could tell you about my success and that we could like sort of connect about like where i am now but in the end he forgives him because it's a posthumous forgiveness so it's like yeah. it's like some it's much it's really real shit especially for like i feel like a lot of tame impala songs are about like oh i'm upset that this person was like you know maybe like uh being sort of mean to me and now i'm feeling kind of petty towards it but this is like really intensely personal sort of raw stuff and talking about his family and you know that sort of stuff which i appreciate okay i i can definitely appreciate that i i i do know what i do know about like the relationship with him and his father is that like you know how he's like he's into astronomy and he was like studying astronomy kind of before Tame Impala kicked off 
And I think his father... Antares Mirasan. That's what his father wanted him to study, like, to go to school for and eventually, like, professionally uh, do, right? Okay. Yeah, and I don't know. I I guess I, I assume it's probably a lot more... It's so much deeper than that, especially, like, seeing the lyrics like this song. So, yeah, okay. It's a raw song. The lyrics are very... Uh, that's probably real. why he released it early because he was just sort of um, I mean he was probably like proud of what he had uh, sort of writ about sort of exposing the side of, of yeah. himself and like this these sort of feelings that he had about him, his I, his family and his his father and all that stuff. I think he was he um in an interview with Triple J I think it was he said he played the song like for his family and he said it was very like um he said I think he said it like his. The word he used was like touching for them. I think I that's good. I mean, that's that's really that's really sweet. Yeah, um, it really meant a lot to them. And it's uh, it's it's nice that it's the the title sort of alludes to a um, sort of positive thing where he's he's forgiving his his dad, and sort of reaching his own yeah. uh, closure on these things. Yeah. Um, should we get to uh, breathe Bre- deeper? Hell yeah! So, after listening to posthumous posthumous forgiveness, this is so nice to hear to me <laughs> i love this song this, this song is pretty tight i don't yeah. know if it's my favorite on the record but it is so cool i know it does have like two sort of false endings yeah kinda. i don't love that i i, I mean i like the acid house part but we'll get yeah. we'll get to that oh, for sure for sure Ooh, so so gnarly um this also song, the mixing on it is so tight oh this song the production <laughs> sort of feels like an early 2000s hip-hop beat that yeah. you would like find at like it's in cribs like it's like kevin parker's version of cribs with like the piano that's like <laughs> boom, boom, boom. like the delay it's sort of like digital yeah. piano. like i i have a feeling like <laughs> like kevin parker went for digital pianos sometimes like digital piano yeah this songs, and on and on and on currency is like definitely trying for like an, a sort of artifice uh feeling yeah but that's like <laughs> but it feels like he's like i'm kevin and this is my crib i can it's so cool though um i like this sort of playful it's like sort of a staccato vocal line this is like i feel like this is sort of the pop appeal that i do like yeah and maybe it's because it's sort of a throwback to the sort of stuff that i heard when I was a child, like if I heard like pimping all over the world by Ludacris, like the chorus, the women in the cameo, like I feel like that's not too far off. Like I feel like Kevin probably heard that when he was a, a youngster and was like, yeah, fun. Yeah. But it's it's that it's that sort of world. And um, I guess it, because it's uh, tinted in nostalgia, as Kevin would say. Right? Like the like the rest of the album, it's still very disco-y, but it is like hip hoppy. I think it's cool what he's how he's like combining like disco and hip hop. Yeah, and it, there's sort of a clear divide with the verses that it has the hip hop thing, and then for the choruses it goes into that sort of syncopated, sort of glossy piano. Yeah, oh, it's so awesome. And the the oh. vocals are sort of mim- mimicking that. That's really nice. It's like he, uh, I like that. Like I know a lot of people compare it to like Supertramp, but what it sounds like to me is like those people are dumbass, stupid, fucking yeah. weirdo losers. Yeah, <laughs> fucking for real. Fuck that. But it just reminds me of like all those kind of like disco one-hit wonders you know like yeah. disco 45s you know that were hits and then the artists you know just fell off the map yeah um, it's like he's like a uh, uh vinyl diving at some yeah. place and but, finds but a, this fun album, hit kind of i don't know yeah 
It's cool. But it's 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 that mixed with uh, the sort of arts arts hip hop sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the sort of TLC. I mean TLC is kind of nineties, but it's it's all that stuff sort of put together. And then with the fucking like Volca synthesizer line it's at the a, end. Probably not a Volca. It's probably a very expensive synthesizer. It's probably I don't his, know. Like, I wouldn't put it past them. His uh, Dave Smith Instruments Profit. This five. is Dave Matthews Band. And he, I know he is using more expensive analog synths on this because um, on the uh, couple live performances they've done, they, they're like, I, don't, I can't, I didn't spot a single MIDI controller because they've always used MIDI controllers. Yeah. Like not even so more convenient, real, you could say. Bleh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think, I think, I mean, they both have their benefits and their like costs, but, but like, just like looking at their live setup, it's like more analog or analog modeling synths. Yeah, and you can hear it on the record, especially with the song and the acid house. So let's talk about that break. weird sort of channel skipping thing, where they're like, "Okay, why don't we change the channel? It goes to something with a slightly mm-hmm. different tempo, and then we change it again. It goes back to the song, but with the I don't need that shit. Come on, I love it. Just let's go straight to the Volca. Let's go straight to the acid house. I don't like. I know, but it the makes other you... jam that he has is cool. But like, I, it's annoying. It's like I feel like I'm like, is this a new song? And then you're like, no, it's not. It's the same one. And then he goes back, and you're like, okay. Well, it makes you. It makes you really like the acid house thing. So I really it makes like you the wait acid longer. House thing either way. It makes you like it more. You've got to work for it, but you've got to work for that for the Cfax Acid Crew. Yeah, gotta, I mean, you got to work for a uh, John Frusciante's Acid Side Project. Acid House, uh, uh, Trick <laughs> Finger, Trick, trick finger. finger. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe they got Trick Finger <laughs> featuring Feet Trick Finger. Feet, uh, yeah, Acrid Avid Jam Shred. I'm, I'm a, I'm a very like, uh, well, I'm. I feel like false endings and these kind of things are like very 50 50 they either work or they just and like he, i feel like don't. he does he does it a I little quite a bit on this album yeah but, uh, for sure for sure i mean i don't hate it but i, I do feel like it's a little come on just g- give it to me i love it this is give one of my me. top tracks maybe maybe my favorite i don't know this this song is definitely uh it's hella um this song it also kind of reminds me of uh something off anything in return by uh big toro tori Moi. yeah for sure yeah. yeah, it's got that. Um, it's a little more expensive sounding, probably just simply because of the budget. But yeah. um, it's chill. It's chill. It's, really, it's kind of like calm. It's, uh, Breathe. Well, what about thematically? I, honestly, I didn't look too much into I it. Know, it just, seems like it's a love song. Yeah. It's like I'm. I love Breathe you. Deeper. I'm, I'm listening to you. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Cool. Um. Tomorrow's dust. Tomorrow's dust. This Wait, one's sort of chill wave too. How does this one but, like go? washed out? Oh yeah, I love what he does with the drums uh, on this. The arpeggiated rhythm, arpeggiated acoustic guitar. Yeah, it's it's. I think that's like the best use of acoustic guitar on a yeah, tame Impala. It's, it's it's like prominent, but it, it's also good, which it's makes very, it weird. It, for it a tame feels Impala like song. it's sampled. It feels like a sample. It does, yeah, but it's not, which is a a very fun thing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if I'm using this word correctly, but it sort of has a Tropicalia sort of disco vibe. I haven't listened to that much Tropicalia, so I might be wrong, but I, I might be right. I think you might be right. I, Tropicalia. I just might be. Take it easy, my brother Chavi. Um, yeah, this this isn't sort of a jam song where it's just kind of like we have the groove and we're just going to kind of 
vamp some yeah. some repetitive vocals over it, which I don't love, but I I do like just sort of the feel of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of the groove, I, I think it's really cool what he does with like the drums at the beginning. Like it's sort of like this ongoing sort of kick rhythm. Is it like but the he do, moves do, the do, snare do, around do, do, a little? Let me. And I'm look. Not a drummer, that, so like, maybe right I'm wrong now. about that. But he does do something with like kind of switching that up a bit, and then it kind of goes into the song, and like the the snare comes in on like you know, hitting at a constant uh, equal rhythm. <laughs> the Wi-Fi is not working, but I'm sure. Let me play it. I got it right here. I'm sure you're right. Um, tomorrow's dust. And then, yeah, it starts yeah. off pretty sparse, and then it goes into the like, yeah, it's very the, like, like a uh, kind of funky, a little offbeat, but then it goes into like a main kind of beat, and also the synths on this song dun, dun, kind of rip. Dun, dun. Yeah. Did you did like, did you hear that? Like, oh, maybe that's guitar. I don't know. It's that's sort of synthy guitar speakers. thing. That it's like a. It's like the type of stuff that you'd hear on like this what he did with like Melody's Echo Chamber. That's sort of like really sort of gnarly synth uh, guitar line sort of stuff. That's that's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, this is a sure. this is a very nice song. Um, very nice. What oh the 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 field recordings at the end kind of remind me of like a Blood Orange song except yeah. less real sounding. It, yeah, it is like, scripted. I feel like it's kind of it's, scri- his, yeah. it's his wife. Yeah. And he, well, no, I don't think it's scripted, but he did ask her to like try to speak about a specific thing. And apparently she, um, the story behind that is that she went to, um, she lived in London for a while. She's like Australian, I think, but she yeah. lived in London for a while. And then she came back to Australia and she was very like, like, you know, what do I do? I'm back in Australia. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing here. Um, and that's what she's speaking about in it. At the same time, I can't really tell what she's saying because there's so much reverb on it. Yeah, but it's a weird. It's like we. It's like room reverb, but mm-hmm. turned up to an artificial level. <laughs> it's. I think it's supposed to sound like a just like a bar or something. Yeah, you know? but you could tell the difference in like a Blood Orange song where he's actually at some like place in New York, and it's like you can sort well, of like understand. Blood Orange. It sounds like he recorded like three parties and put them on top of each other. Oh yeah, and there's like a saxophone player in the street, but also they're <laughs> playing ping pong in it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to us? <laughs> no one wants to see that. <laughs> um, but uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, this is a very like sort of dance music song. Did you get anything? Oh no. Cool. I don't know. Well, what do you think of the lyrics? I didn't really look into them. It seems like it's about like you're trying to reach someone, but they're like they're stuck in their ways. I don't know though. I think he says yesterday's air is tomorrow's dust, which is another thing. I think I paid way, way more attention to like the monologue at the end with the wife, and from based off what the wife is saying, that's what, what I think it's about. What does she say? Again, like like kind of being stuck doing something that's very regular, regular for you. You know, maybe going to work every day, yeah, or uh, going to school every day. Then you move, or you graduate, or you get fired, or laid off, or quit, and you are like, what the, what am I doing? Okay. It's like that feeling. Tomorrow's dust. Being uh, upended. I think it's a cool title too. Yeah. Really fits with the thematic. All right. Um, what's next? Hey, folks. Sam, checking in after after the pod. Just letting you know this is a two-part episode. The second part is probably available right now. You've probably already seen it. Just letting you know. Mm-hmm.